Uncle Jacob. <laughs> Since it's my turn to ask a question, I have one for you. First of all, um, what are you looking forward to uh, for this next year? Like what kinds of things? I mean, you aren't y'all haven't y'all already started? Have yes. you already started? I've okay, so what are you looking weeks. forward to now? Oh well, you know, you're a working guy. So, what are you looking forward to now that it's about to start? Um, honestly, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is just knowing what the heck I'm doing, at least in part, right? Because I survived oh, okay. a year. And so I've been able to be a little bit more involved in these early admin meetings when we have to sit around and think about what we need to do. I'm more helpful to my teams. Um, I have a new uh, section to work with. So last year I was over English and world languages. This year I'm still over English, but they've instead of world languages, I am also over our CTE department. So, now, what is that for those of us who don't know? Entrepreneurship, culinary, business, oh, graphic wow. design, all of those things. That sounds like fun. So, so a bunch of one-offs. So it's an interesting thing. English, my wheelhouse entirely. Building up English teams, my wheelhouse. English curriculum, my wheelhouse. Teaching English, my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to jump to this whole different level where a lot of these teachers are silos. A lot of them only teach their subject. And so I get uh, the challenge of not only learning the CTE world, which there's a lot to learn. There's already so much. And we have so many things on our campus. It's actually astounding how many uh, of these electives that kids can have. It's it's truly next level wild to me. Um, so. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. So does your district not have a school for that, an individual school, or are they just all housed at the high school? No, we do, but we also have them at the high school, too. Is that right? No, I didn't know how it worked. That's what I'm saying. So I partner with that other school at times, um, but there's also, we have a lot of that in-house. And so there is just a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to learn. Um, there's also, it's, it's a money making section of the school because those kids can actually do things that generate income. Um, it's also tied to jobs. So it's about job creation. Um, it's also about building, uh, these programs because if these programs don't build, the jobs can't stay there for the teachers. And so my job now for them is not only learning how to cultivate, um, and support, great teaching in these classes, but also marketing these classes, growing these classes, um, and figuring out how to generate income in the certain classes that can actually do that. So it's a whole different world, um, that I'm super excited to be a part of because it's just a new challenge. It's something I've never faced before. I've never really had contact with it in any sense, but it frees me up to do a lot of stuff. Like, for instance, we have a photojournalism class, but we also have some of these tech classes. We have a whole podcasting, like, studio area in the school that's never been used that I didn't even know about until Oh, recently. that's your wheelhouse. That's what I'm saying. So I have skill sets <laughs> that do apply to certain things. Um, I'm also over the social media of the school now entirely. I have all the social accounts. We're growing, by the way, already the Insta. We're about to be at 2,000 followers over there for our campus. There you go. Well, I might Um, need to follow. I don't think I'm a follower. 
Well, I'll uh, I'll hook you up with the the details for people who listen <laughs> yeah. to this that want to see the greatness. Where it's um, hang on, let me see the Instagram handle. I haven't said it enough yet. Let me pull it up live. Here. Right, it's Keller Central High School, but high school is HS. So Keller Central HS. And so all of the social media coming through that on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is me. Um, wow. So I'll be building that up, which I think is going to be super fun. Uh, just. It's kind of cool because I've always said that podcasting is other than helping teachers um, in making a lot of great connections and building up my own just kind of educational platform. uh, Podcasting has also been my way of sharing the good news of education, right? Sharing Mm -hmm. the positives. And there's tons of like, that's the biggest compliment that you and I get on this show and that I get on Teach Me Teacher is... It's a place where you get to go where you get positive experiences about all kinds of topics. But by the end of the episode, nine times out of ten, you're going to feel more positive about a subject just because of the way we handle these topics and because we love what we do. Um, And so now I get to kind of do that with a public school platform, a little different because it is the eye of the district and it is, you know, the the high school platform. But my skill sets lend themselves that like doing like we did a great post recently uh, two of my fellow assistant principals, they had like these plastic heart glasses on. Um, and they were just wearing them for fun. And I was like, Oh guys, stand there. And I took a picture real quick. And so we posted and I, I said one thing about it, like in the little caption, I said something like, uh, Mr. Bowen and Mr. P are, are, uh, bringing their hearts to the new school year or something like that because they had the heart glasses. Mm -hmm. And then a buddy of mine goes, no, 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 no. You got to say they're capturing kids' hearts this year, right? And so changed it, did all that. But it's a great caption, and it's been – there's been teachers responding to it. There's been students responding. There's been families responding to it. So just stuff like that, a small way to kind of just nudge the narrative to let people in on – you know, a little bit of the the good stuff, the positive, the shenanigans. We just got a therapy dog on campus – that's going to be housed oh, in our good. counselor yeah. department. And it's a little, it's a dog named bear and it's adorable and it's awesome. It's wandering around that. I'm going to make that dog famous as I'll get out because there's definitely, we're going to have so many videos about this dog. I already have some pictures that I need to post. I've been waiting for the right time. Um, and so it's interesting. I, so I'm, I'm, I'm starting the year excited because I get to do it again. I'm at the same campus. I'm super excited. I brought over some people that I know. Melin Bannister's over there. She's our head cheer coach now. She's also on the English team. I say her name because she's on the Teach Me Teacher podcast. Um, she's over there doing amazing stuff. I got to see her at fish camp, you know, coaching her cheerleaders, which was super fun. Well, she's already working, huh? Oh, she's in. She's been working since I hired her. She didn't have any summer. <laughs> <laughs> but she gets she got a, a healthy race. She gets tons of leadership capability. And she's joining an amazing team. Um, but great. I'm glad to hear that. So bring her over, brought some amazing some other people over there. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about some of the moves I was able to make some of the new responsibilities and just be able to flex just a little bit more. Just right. Just just see, like put my my effort, what I've always talked about. Right. I've always talked about sharing the message, being bigger than life out there, putting education out there, doing all you can for your teams, education, everything. And now I kind of have my hands in all these pots. I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's see what I can do. But anyway, that's that's my answer. Well, you know, my you know, my aunt that has was in uh, education for 50 years. So I've talked about her before. Mm -hmm. Her daughter is actually a director over CTE in the local district that we have on the other well, maybe side. Maybe I need of, to ask her some questions then. 
Yeah, so she's a. They just moved her to the directorship, and so uh, they work with Google and they send kids that direction and things like that. So it's pretty cool some of the stuff she posts. So I'll have to I'll have to hook you up so you can at least uh, maybe ask her some questions what she would do. But apparently she's very successful at it. That's about all I got there on that. That's my my CTE. I was other than my. My daughter, I had a daughter in culinary, so we did that. And there's a lot of competitions that direction. And they were able to even run their entire cafe and all that stuff. She was the first one to get to do that. So, um, you know, that kind of thing is is really good. Um, Other than that, that's about all I got on on what I know. Other than, you know, my biggest thing was remember how I had to run the baker space, which was kind of stretching it out trying to get the kids to do a variety of things so yeah i think it's fascinating if you jump in and just learn with them and learn with your teachers i think that sounds exciting yeah it's gonna be interesting like even now like i'm thinking of like one of the big things i was tasked to do was help grow the programs because some of the programs are doing really well and some of them haven't um and i think most of that's advertising we have amazing teachers um, it's great content. I think a lot of kids don't know about them. Um, and they're competing for like each other's time, right? It's just, there's only so many places you can put stuff in a kid's schedule. Um, and so I think like one of the cool things that I get to be challenged with is, is not finding ways to be creative, but being the support teachers need to be like, Hey, okay, so let's advertise. Like, how do you like culinary is easy. Like how many eating events can we host on campus? Right. How many things mm-hmm. can we do that involve food and our culinary arts to really do some cool stuff with feeding kids, feeding staff or whatever, just to get the word out. But that's also the case with tons of other things that we do on campus. And so it's an interesting challenge, but it's also something I'm super hyped about because um, I think it's a it's a new way for me to test some of my philosophies on education and see how well I can do. And that's always fun for me. Well, I think this has just popped into my brain. I don't know if it's anything that would help you or not, because I have no experience. But when you said you could do culinary events and things like that, what I would do is like if you create or think about an event like that, what all what other parts of your CTE world can help with this culinary thing? So like if they're, you know, can they uh, build a design, maybe even using CAD or something like that to lay out? where everything should be and all of that. And then you've got your photographers that can come in and, and photograph. And then you've got, so I'm wondering if you could, then you got your marketing group and how that let them be a part of the marketing for this thing. And then you reach out to your community. So I wonder if you could take an event and then make it incorporate as many of those things as you could be kind of fun. I think I, I love that. Have the, the the business kids be the ones who kind of orchestrating all of the pieces yeah. together and they they hire the people that they want based on their visions or whatever all yeah it's yeah they could even cross curricular yeah there you go there you go mm. anyway have your medical team just, on standby <laughs> yeah because you know you do have to have first aid and you That's have right. to have so you have to have a plan they have so they have to create a plan mm-hmm. uh-huh and what you need to do, you have food safety. You can't handle any kind of food without that, you know, that food safety stuff. And then yeah. not to mention any other thing, because you never know what could happen. 
That's yeah. good. I like that. So look at that. This is why we do this show. This is why it's good to do this. Because it's <laughs> it's awesome. I love all of that. Now it's the process of making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's always that's really the the hardest part, isn't it? I mean, being yeah, able to dream. Easy. Yeah. Dreams are great. Mm-hmm. But applying it and implementing it, that's executing it uh, efficiently is really what's difficult, isn't it? For sure. For sure, for sure. Because you got to get everybody on board with you. Because it's not a one man person or a one woman person. I mean, you just team. You got to you got to learn how to incorporate and delegate and support. Yeah, I think it's a role right for you. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, everybody, welcome to Craft and Draft. Pam Ochoa, that's Jacob Chastain, and it looks like he's got a lot of stuff to look forward to. A lot of uh, new things he can add to his wheelhouse. Oh, man. So what are we going to so talk many. about today, Jacob? We are starting off, right, it's about to be August. School is starting for many people in several weeks. Teachers are going back. It's the perfect time to talk about what to talk about in the new year. I think that's a perfect thing. I think that's where we're going to let this conversation go. Just kind of thinking about all the new years we've had, all the different starts, kind of reflect on them, and then maybe walk away with some healthy guides on just to, to guide people. We know that the vast majority of people that listen to us, listen to us as, as uh, not to come here for the be all end all, but to just have two educators that they can listen to within safe and secure bounds to be like, Oh yeah, that is a good idea. Or, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or just feel kindred spirits. So that's what we're going to be doing today. Talking about all the newness um, and maybe some, uh, some tips and tricks that we've, we've discovered Thought all of this, but ladies and gentlemen, this is the Craft and Draft podcast. We are supported by our listeners. We don't have any ads on the show. You guys support us, and you can do that at patreon.com slash craft and draft. You can find that link at craftworkshop.com at the very top if you would like, or you can just go to Patreon and find us there. Just like Alicia, Brandy, Leah, Mark, Amy, Sarah, Rebecca, Courtney, Carol, Alyssa, Destiny, Lori, Natalie, Susan, Tracy, Andrea, Hannah, Lori, Jen, Matt, Amanda, and Donna all have. They support us at various tiers to get bonus episodes, bonus videos, including our Craft and Draft setup video, and so much more. Once you subscribe, you get all of it. Tons of people like to join the Listener Plus tier to get the videos and the extra content, and then they might pop down to the Listener tier, and you can go all around. You don't have to stay in one area. You can go up. You can go down. Or if you don't have any dollars to pass our way because you're buying school supplies, don't worry about it. Hit subscribe. That supports us as well. And leave a review if this podcast is useful, or better yet, share it with your team, especially if you're a PD-oriented person you're going to present. Give Craft and Draft a little shout out, point people our way, and we'll consider your support just as valuable as anyone throwing some dollars our way. But we would hope you to join our community. There are some amazing people who like to ask y'all questions and follow up with everything. We're going to be diving into tons of stuff with our Patreon people, a lot of stuff to be talking about in August, some trainings that we're going to be popping out, bonus episodes back on schedule to get everything rolling. Japan and I are going to be meeting about that very soon, aren't we, Miss Ochoa? We better be. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, let's get to the conversation. I told you you had to. Okay, so let's. New Year's. New Year's, new us. Have you always felt like that? Do you do you think that was there a time in your educational career, Ochoa, where you were like, ah, new year, whatever? Or were you always excited for a new beginning? I was always excited for a new beginning until like about the third day. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wait, it's start over, start over. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm, I've been, 
I, I used to start really thinking about, and that's what was kind of different this year, but start thinking uh, in May, actually April and May, what am I going to be doing this next year? You know, I kind of start thinking and planning for the next year uh, to the best of my ability. And then, of course, when you get your schedule, then, you know, and you find your team and all of that, you know, I always looked forward to meeting new kids and uh, working with new people and uh, planning and dreaming and figuring out my lessons and also with a little apprehension sometimes, you know, uh, especially if when I started at new places or new schools, there's a little apprehension there where you're like, oh, I hope I can fit in. I hope I hope this school fits me as well. And so, you know, sometimes you have that as well. So, yeah, I remember doing all of that. Wasn't just but yesterday. <laughs> How about you? Uh, well, we just got finished talking about all what you're you're thinking about. Yeah. So that was I mean, pretty cool. I'm the new year is always makes I love I love the new anything. I love a new week. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love a new book. I love a new game. I love a new movie. I love beginnings are my absolute favorite things on the planet. Absolute. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. I'm like like the, I'm already thinking because I've been. Like as things have been ramping up, I've been stress eating a little bit, you know, and so I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. And then you know, admin, we're back early, so of course we go to lunch, and you're buying bad food, you know. It it is what it is. Like it's just a part of the culture <laughs> sometimes, and it's great. It's good team building. We have a, uh, we have two new assistant principals on our team, but they're one of them we've known because she was a teacher in the, in the math department, and one of them's brand new. But so it's good to kind of, you know, come together, break bread, you know, have conversations, do all that stuff. Which is fine, but I'm not eating the healthiest. I have a weak uh, control over myself during those times. <laughs> and I'm just be eating bad at home and all the things. And so naturally, as we get closer, I'm like, okay, I got to get my mind right. I got to get my body right. I got to feel good. So I'm like, okay, new diet Sunday. So like that stuff excites me too, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. so new so new school years have always been exciting um, because I've always tried to at a certain point, I got really good at picking one to two things that I really wanted to hyper focus on. And I think that to me, like for people who are like, what's new advice for starting? Pick one to two things, three, yeah, maybe if you're super advanced, but one to two, I think is safe if you want to do it well. Um, and I think what I ended up being good at is I was like, OK, so I got like I remember my second or third year. I was like, okay, I have independent reading going well. So my next two things is I want to really get my reading conferences going better. And I want them to be deeper conversations. And I want to start writing, right? And then when writing started going and reading was going deeper, I was like, okay, so I want to deepen my writing practices. And I also want to do this piece. And that's kind of how I did it over and over. And even as a principal, I did that. I remember last year, uh, my head principal asked me, she goes, all right, Jacob, what's your focus this year? And I said, I want to focus on uh, getting teachers to be data-driven and data-informed uh, in a way that honors the the stuff that we talk about here on the podcast, right? The stuff that is genuine uh, data information, not just data for data's sake. And also work on uh, the growth or, or teachers knowing and, and executing on how to get student growth. That was like my two big focuses. And this year I'm kind of doing the same thing. And I think that is why I love beginnings because it kind of gives me a second to step back and go, okay, these are the things that were effective. This is what I really struggled at. 
I don't always double down on what I struggled at. If I did really bad at, I don't know, teaching a genre, that's not always the one thing I want to focus on because I don't, I really believe in playing to your strengths. I heard, uh, there's a guitarist. What's his name? I can't. Oh my God. I can't remember his name right now. This is going to bother me. Anyway, he's a famous guitarist. He plays on his own. One of the people like what, like in an interview long time ago, they said, Hey, what's your secret to success? And he said, well, I focus on my strengths and I pretty much ignored my weaknesses. (laughs) And I'm always, it sounds like what Ochoa, uh, you, Exactly. (laughs) And while I don't ignore my weaknesses, I don't dwell on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that is good advice to an extent. I think if your weaknesses are too weak, you definitely got to focus on them. But I think playing to your strengths, it, it encourages you. I think if you're only trying to increase your weaknesses, just like if you're only trying to increase the lowest standard you're teaching, it's, it's going to throw your head through a wall. It's what it's going to feel like because it's just a, an insurmountable battle. So finding it's almost like your bubble, your bubble struggle. <laughs> <laughs> we need shirts that say that. Find your bubble struggle. Find your bubble struggle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. That's, uh, you know what? Honestly, that's, that's not you're going to create idea. that shirt. That is, I'm making Find your that. bubble struggle. Where's your that's, bubble? That's like, that's, oh my God, that's patented. If anyone steals that, I'll be very mad at you. If we have anyone who knows how to make shirts, hit us up because we've been wanting to do that for a while. Anyway, find your bubble struggle. Um, I think, I think it's just good practice. Um, And so for me, beginnings, I get that excitement um, because it allows me to focus on that, but it also just allows me to, it's like a reset, you know, it's like, oh, God, whatever. However, that last year ended, you know, they don't always end amazing. <laughs> Sometimes they end with you just like I'm going home to take a nap. Um, and I think that sometimes just starting over, you're like, OK, I can be fresh. I can I can recraft this narrative. I can do all of that. And I think that's I think that's an interesting thing. The reset so to speak. I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about that? I think we've talked about beginnings and endings before, which one you prefer, but do you feel like it's a reset? Yeah, I think it's a chance for you to actually reset. Um, But, you know, but I think it's been my experience that I find that I have to reset throughout the year anyway, because I might try like a a unit or something or an idea and then it goes south really fast. And so it's like, I'm not afraid. I was never afraid to go, okay, guys, that didn't work. So let's just start over. We're going to start this unit again. Let's start it right here. Forget everything the last week. Uh, We're not even going to take any of that for a grade. I didn't like any of it. So we're going to start over today and I'm going to redo this. And so I have done that. And so I feel like that's what you get to do at the beginning of the year. So I like to look back and and see, okay, what went well? I want to continue to do those things that go well, kind of like what you're talking about, focus on the strengths. And then think about what didn't go well. Sometimes if it didn't go well, we're not even going to try it this next year. I mean, that that was a, a hit and a miss, and we're not going to salvage any of that, whatever that is, you know, sometimes could be the way I've chosen to do vocabulary or the way I've chosen to get into a particular genre or the way I, you know, so I'm always rerouting maybe even my, um, 
rethinking my schedule for the kids, my routine. Uh, sometimes a routine works better one year, but then you start it and you're like, no, this is not working for this group of kids, which this happened to me last year. So I had to re I had to switch the way I did my routine with that group. Whereas the year before, you know, I could hit or miss and let the kids kind of drive the routine. But this year I had a few classes where I had to really drive it. And so, you know, so I think it would be a nice time to kind of, you know, start over, um, you know, how I'm going to set up my classroom. I never set it up the same way twice. I never, I take things down, put things back up, kind of move them around. Uh, like when I was at last year, when I was at, you know, the school that we were at together, my cl- I had the same classroom. One year, the classroom looked one way. The next year, the kids from eighth grade were coming in going, it doesn't even look the same, you know, so. I like changing even that up, you know, and sometimes I'll put it all back if it doesn't work out right. But, um, but no, I do. I've always looked forward to seeing, you know, trying new things. Another thing that, that I do too is, is I focus on like a book, you know, like a book. So, um, for example, Making Thinking Invisible is a book that I've got sitting right here that I was looking at the other day. And uh, that was a book that came about a while back. So I would that would be a book I would read. And then I would want to focus on it, one or two things in that book, you know, like some strategies and, and see if they work and do like some little action research along the way and see what works and what doesn't work. So there might be a focus, like you said, a thinking practice or you know, like sometimes I, you know, I really enjoy doing Socratic seminars. So when I learned about those, then I would spend my time, you know, honing my craft in that and then incorporating that in my workshop. So those are some, that's just one idea that just popped into my brain. So yeah, I've always uh, looked at it as a reset and uh, what can I do different? And I never, and, and as we spoke about last year, when we did our little um, thing at the beginning of the year, and we ran through a lesson and how you start the year. I think I said, I never start with the same word twice. You know, I start with a whole new concept mm-hmm. and a theme. So I guess in that way, that's a reset too. I think people need to go back and listen to those too, where you talk about your, your words that you start with um, mm-hmm. and everything. Could you give like a, a quick uh, synopsis of that for people and then they can kind of go back and, and find those podcasts. We've talked about it pretty extensively, but for people who are new or maybe haven't heard those episodes, what what does that look like for you? Well, I want the kids to get into writing. So me, I always start with writing. You know, you men- mentioned a minute ago that you, you know, you got, you worked at the beginning, you really worked on your self-sustained reading, you, you know, uh, those t- self, whatever, uh, chosen, I'll sound lost <laughs> That's the SSR. Uh, but anyway, uh, silent sustained reading and all that. And you worked on your reading and then your writing. I, I think I was the opposite of you. I work on my writing first and I get them in there in the writing. And then and then I include the reading, but I tie the reading into the writing. So I, I get started with the writing. So one of the things that I do, um, I, I have a lot of success, especially at the beginning with what um, what uh, Avidos uh, learning uh, it talks about it's a strategy in the Acts book and it's called Trigger Words. And I've adapted it to my own. You know what I mean? So like there's a strategy in the book, but I took it and kind of made it something that a little bit different, my twist on it. And so I usually find a word that will fit a, fit a, a theme. 
and then I work that theme. And usually that theme starts with, uh, it, it allows them to come up with something on the personal side. Uh, because I think that students, a lot of times, especially neophyte writers, new writers, they they write better when they know what it is they're writing about. Does it make sense? But if I come in and say, okay, write about your vacation or write about your summer, or I give them the actual topic to write about, that usually sets, in my situation, sets everything off because it's not... You know, it just the kids are like, oh, we have to write. So I don't want it to be like that. So usually I'll find a word or something that uh, and then I'll create a whole entire lesson around that word. So uh, one year it was dream. And I like I read a picture book on. Uh, and so it, the, the whole purpose, my theme there was, uh, you know, dream dream it and achieve it you know that kind of thing if you can dream it you can achieve it uh follow your dreams you know find out what you really want to do in life and so we kind of kept that through the whole year that kind of thing and then at the end the culminating ending was okay out of all the things you want to do what do you really dream about doing and then they actually figured out a way to how could they make money how could they actually do that could they start now and do it so we kind of played back on that dream and we looked at our characters throughout the year about you know what what were their dreams what are their goals and so I just felt like this class needed that one year um we did clouds and I don't know why clouds but that was I just thought you know clouds I don't know why <laughs> and so I started with uh, a song uh, that involved clouds and things like that. And I got some really good writing. I didn't know where it was going to go, but we looked at uh, clouds. And so the thing about clouds is they bring storms, they bring relief, they bring a soft rain, they bring, you know, they sh shade you from the sun. Uh, they create all kinds of shapes in the sky and those kinds of things. And there was one piece of writing that came off of that. And, and what they did is he wrote about his grandpa and how, when he looks at the clouds, it reminds him of his grandpa and he knows that his grandpa's uh, looking down upon him because when they used to go walking, they would always look and find uh, shapes in the clouds and things like that. So it was just kind of a neat poem that he ended up writing. And uh, it was just one. So you never know what the kids are going to come um, come up with from that. But I found that a lot of times their what some of their most personal writing or their best writing or their poetry usually centers around this theme, whatever it is. So it's just whatever pops into my brain. Sometimes it comes from like a song that I hear on the radio and I'm like, that's what I want to do, you know. Um or maybe sometimes it's a poem I've read, or sometimes, you know, like Langston Hughes, a dream deferred, you know, what does that mean if it's deferred? So then you could look at that. And so I just find that one word or two words that, or a phrase or whatever. And then we kind of use that kind of as a theme. It's a topic. And then we turn it into a theme and then the kids apply it to themselves. And so it's just a way that it, it helps me jump into the jump into the writing and and I do it like how do clouds like what I would do is I would write the word cloud on the wall and then they just on the board and then I say okay write write about whatever pops into your brain and I don't care what it is I don't lead them in any other way other than I write the word cloud up there or I might write the word dream up there or I'm trying to think of some others that I've done so anyway but that's uh that's kind of what we do now I think it's just a neat way to start and then it lets them know that I love words 
And I usually found picture books and poems and stuff to go and songs that go around it. Yeah. I mean, and I would do the same thing. And this goes back to, I think the advice we've done all the time. And for people that subscribe to the listener plus channel on Patreon, they'll have access to these previous trainings we've released over there. Um, if y'all want like a real rundown of all of this, but you and I have ad like, we've literally mapped out the first several days of how we would start a workshop. And this is the stuff that's in there. It's the stuff that's starting with words. Um, it's starting with all of that, but it's also like on me, I love the words thing. Um, and I've definitely done pieces of that, but I always try to, I always did it differently, but my goal was to get mm -hmm. kids interacting with literature, interacting with reading something, responding to it, and writing whatever they wanted to. I wanted that to start as early as possible. And so that could take many forms, honestly, because if we're like when I knew the kids that I was looping up with, I knew what they needed. And we just started right where <laughs> we left off, essentially, right. um, which was super yeah. cool. Um, I love that. I will never forget that. It was my favorite year of all time. A book came from that year because I loved it so much. But um, I. Man, I miss those kids anyway, uh, they but the idea is to figure out how to do these team builders, how to build up the culture of your classroom around literacy. Right. That's the idea, not the the five days of doing a whole lot of nothing, training your kids and your students. Oh, this is what we do in this class. We play, we make name tents, we do all of this other stuff. Name tents aren't bad, but combine it with literacy somehow. Combine it with that culture of literacy. Combine, you know, if you want to do your games, how does that ref how does that connect to writing somehow? How does that connect to reading somehow? How do you get kids interacting? Like one of the big things I always loved was Donalyn Miller's uh with her books in her library, she would base, I think it's called a book frenzy. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember what she calls it. I haven't mm -hmm. read uh, the book whisper reading in the wild in a while. Um, it's probably due for another read through both of those, but she talks about going to the library of her classroom and just letting kids explore and standing there while they're exploring and handing out books. I'm like, Oh, what are you interested in? And that's when you start creating that habit of, you know, grabbing books and doing all this and not worrying about anything and having the mm -hmm. kids explore the genres and all of this instead of just going, okay, we'll go to the library on the third and I'm going to let you wander around while I sit at my desk over here in the library that I picked. And I'm just going to type on my computer while you're wandering around and goofing off or whatever, right? Like that's, I love library trips, but you've seen that where they use the library as more of like a distraction while the teacher kind of goes on or whatever. If you don't have a good classroom library, go in there. Like, Go into the library with your kids, stand next to the shelves and start grabbing stuff. I'm like, oh, I think you would love this based on our conversations. If you don't come back to me, tell me why. And I'll bring us to the library again and we'll do this. Mm -hmm. But I love doing that as a, as a nice little builder activity. It allows you to talk with the kids, allows you to show them the books that you like. You know, if you're really strategic, play certain books that you know are going to grab kids automatically. Um, have those face out. So they just start mm -hmm. yoinking those right off the shelves. Um, and then before you know it, you have stacks of books on desk. And that's the first step to proximity, right? We've talked about how books are uh, the more proximity students have to these, uh, the better or the, the more likely that they're going to read them. I have created countless readers because they came in, they didn't want to read, they didn't want to go to the bookshelves, right? We're talking about middle schoolers. They're too tired. They had football practice the other day, or they lost a game that Wednesday. It's Thursday. And I don't want to read. They see a stack of books on their desk. 
They know other kids have picked them, so guess what they do? They grab it, they start reading it, like, oh, I like this one. So they start doing that. And then before they know it, they're like, hey, where's my book? It's not on the desk anymore, right? And yeah, all, all this other stuff. And you've seen my book stacks, right? Some of the, like, oh, they were, yeah. <laughs> they, they, were, they were a healthy part of my classroom, and I loved it because kids interacted. We, we had a student body that they, I didn't mind if they took them home, but a lot of them, they couldn't take them home. They knew they wouldn't read at home, so I didn't mind if we had these, these wonderful little book stacks on the table. But the same thing is for writing, right? That whole first week, whole first two weeks, whole first three mm-hmm. weeks, honestly, is literally just getting them to put words on the page, getting used to every day. You're going to put your thoughts on the page in one way or another, whether it's a reflection, a response, creation, something along those lines that isn't tied so hardcore to curriculum, hardcore to grammar, hardcore to anything. I want them to get used to when you're in this space, we interact with words, we interact with literature, and we interact with writing. That is what we do. And as I get you into that habit, then I don't have to worry about that later. So when I start pushing you a little bit, this is just what we do. We write every day. Son, we've, ri- we've written every day. I don't know why in six weeks you think that's not what we're doing. I need you to get out your journal, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's never been a day, even pep rally day. We wrote a little bit. We wrote about what we expect to be at the pep rally, right? It's, the, it's getting those habits, I think, are so essential in these first times. And I think that the well-meaning people are like, build, build up your teams, build up your classroom, build up that culture. I think all of that's great. I will, I've never denied that. One of my biggest videos on the Teacher Teacher Facebook page is me saying we should let kids be kids and have fun in the classroom. But within the content, I think you can do this in math. You can do it in social studies. You can do it. In science, you can do it. In business class, you the whole goal is what do you want kids to do for the rest of the year on a fundamental level? That should be day one to some degree, right? Hmm. Yeah, you sound like you're quoting Ochoa here from a hmm. conference that we did a while back. Well, you know, <laughs> I learned from the best. I'm just teasing. I just remember saying that I think it was in your your group where I said, whatever you want them to do, you have to do it on the first day. Yeah. If you so want them true. to read and write, they need to read on the first day and they need to write on the first day. Yes. And then between the reading and the writing, you fit in what your what your school or the district wants you to do. Yep. Write about the rules, whatever you need to do. Write about what, which one's your favorite rule out of all these. Which one do you think is most important? Mm-hmm. Real quick, write about it. It doesn't matter. But like you said, you can apply it to, to any of your things. Anyway, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's good. And what here's the I? thing. Uh, it is what it is. We, <laughs> we, so I worked on a campus once where we, we, so we were doing the housing system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we were hardcore into that. And so we, part of our culture building is we had like these certain things that we had to do. And one of the things was we weren't doing like full capturing kids hearts, but we did, which people aren't familiar. Capturing kids hearts is a, it's a behavior management program. Essentially it's good. Um, it has its weaknesses, but it's, it's pretty decent. Um, but one of the things you do is a social contract and you have to do it a very specific way. There's like a whole mm-hmm. thing, but in middle school, when kids are going from class to class to class, guess what happens by fifth period? They've done the social We've contract. We've already done that. Yeah, and yep. it's all the same words because the kids only have certain <laughs> vocabularies. It's Respect. all the same questions. Yeah, <laughs> honor, you know, like I want to be treated fairly. You know, it's I want to teachers, be treated nicely. Yeah. So treat teachers yeah. would 
try to spice these up by like, okay, here's a thesaurus and like really trying to like get it out. But it's like, it doesn't matter to me. So I would use this to my benefit. So the reason I'm telling this story, because some of y'all are at campuses where districts or your, your principal might be saying, you have to do these things. Okay, fine. I'm going to do it. But this is what I did. I'm like, all right, guys, y'all done this. How many times today? Oh, you've done it four times today. Wow. Do we know how we want to be treated? Do we know all these things? Okay, sweet. I'm going to hand you this. We're going to get this done in 10 minutes. And then do you want to learn something today? And they go, yes, please. And then I <laughs> rope them in that way. And so I'll use like some of the, cause we talk about this. Teachers will sit there and complain about the stuff that principals want to do that may be short sighted or maybe the district wants to do. Maybe it's an initiative or whatever. And it wasn't fully planned out like that. Like I think social contracts are great. Don't get me wrong. I think all oh, that's great. I think there's a better way to do it than every single class does it back to back to back to back to back. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're faced with something like that, and a lot of people do, they'll get frustrated and go, okay, we just have to do this. And before you know it, you've wasted 55 minutes. You've wasted 90 minutes working on something that kids have already done. You're spending all of your time classroom management already. By the end of the first three days, you want to throw your head through a glass window as a teacher because all you want to do is teach. And this is the crap that you're doing. And so my solution to that after several yeah. years was, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to do all that. But... I'm going to tweak this to my benefit. Hey, kids, let's do this for 10 minutes. Now let's go learn something. Sweet. Guess what I have? I have their full investment. Now, you got to live up to it. If you're going to teach them something, you got to teach them something, right? It can't be, we're going to look at, you know, like some basic thing. Get Put something in front of them that shocks them a little bit, that like that, that inspires them. That's something that they might have not have seen previously. Something that's high interest, a video, a slam poem, a short story that's super captivating, an image that they can write about, anything mm-hmm. that gets their mm-hmm. brain working. And then now what do they see you as? They're like, okay, we did this one thing, but... Now this teacher, like they're showing me this cool stuff and I'm interested in it and it's content. You have buy-in within the first three days. Guess what they're doing? Okay, what's going to happen next? And you just got to keep living up to that. Now, every day can't be that, obviously. Every day can't be a knockout lesson. Um, But I think that magic is what I've always searched for is I need their investment. And when when I get it, I know it. I know when I throw something in front of them and they're all in there, I'm like, yep. They're going to come back tomorrow looking for the next thing. And that's awesome because sometimes I put up to it and they're like, oh, Chastain, yesterday was better. Or you know what I mean? Or, or they start checking <laughs> out. But that's, that's why I subscribe to the short mini lesson model every single day or as, as often as I can do a different mini lesson because I alter. If I hit two home runs back to back and then I have a ground out the next day, you know what? We'll come back and it'll be good. And then, but usually by the end of that first week, I have a good grasp of what those kids are into. I have a good grasp of what's working. And if I've set it up right, not only am I engaging them, I've done the team building. I've done what district wants me to do. I've done what my principal wants to do. But guess what? I've also learned about my kids. So over the weekend, I'm revamping my lesson plans that I've already kind of planned out to fit the needs of them. And I think if you're in that realm at the beginning of the year, that's the sweet spot. It's doing everything you're supposed to do. You're building content and you're learning your kids. So by the second week, you can actually lesson plan with your kids in mind. I think I think there's nothing that tops that for a new year. Oh, no, I agree with you there. And that, that that's kind of how I, I do. I mean, that's me. I, I just really feel like if you want your kids to read and write every day, then on the first day, they've got to read and write. On the second day, they've got to read and write. On the third day, they've got to read and write. You've got to set that tempo not only that though it's very important that you sit down at least 
I would say at least 50% of that at the least and sit down and write with them and then share your writing too. So like if, if I'm doing something about clouds and I sit down and I write also about clouds and then I always invite them because you talked about learning about your kids. And one of the things that, that I do is I always invite them to share Would anybody want to share. And so sometimes I'll say, uh, does anybody want to share at your table? Or I might say, you know, after a few days, I might say, okay, partners, people who are sitting next to each other, I want you to share with each other. And then, you know, that kind of stuff. And 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 I'm aware that some people don't get along. You find that out pretty fast uh, if those kids need to be moved, et cetera. But the whole thing is, is I don't get hung up on that. I, I get, I invite them to share. I don't make them share. Does that make sense? At least at the beginning, for sure. And then when I do make them share, it's always with a small little group, a little group that they've gotten to know. And only when they've gotten to know, then they share. So what happens is I'll share my writing. So I go, okay, nobody wants to share. Do y'all mind if I share my writing? Because I wrote a little bit today too. And then I share with them. And then now they see that, oh, she's writing too. And I, I, I think when when we enter in as writers with them and we're right beside them writing, and, and I think it was um, uh, Penny Kittle, one of her first books that she did that, that I read was right beside them. And that was, I think the title of her book. And that the whole idea is we write when they write and we write with them and we, we, we model uh, with them. We do the same thing with reading too. And that's what you're talking about books that you've already read. You sit down when it's time for them to read, you, you read some of that time and then you, and so like when, when I was ready, another thing I really want them to do and, and I want them to be able to respond to their reading. So another thing that I always make sure that I fit in, even on that first day, is a response to what they read. So I let them read. Like you said, like Donald Miller, she lets them go pick a book off the shelf. I do the same thing or something similar. And then at the, I give them that time to read. And then I'll ask them about, you know, how did, you know, what, what did you read about? you know, or some kind of response. What did you think about your character? What, what one word stuck out to you? Uh, was there any word that might tie into the trigger word that we wrote about today? You know, those kinds of things. And so then what I'll do is I'll find something like that, that ties to the trigger word when I read and I'm looking for that purposefully to make that connection. And then I'll read that part to the kids and then I'll respond. My character has a dream. His dream is for his friends to like him, you know, whatever it is. And so I do that. And then they're like, they have a better idea. So the next day I'll have them respond to the writing, maybe with a different question, but sometimes I just have them respond freely. Sometimes I have them write freely, but the whole thing is, is they, they read and write every day. And at the beginning of that, they're writing, they use that writing for me to figure out what they want to take to test grade. And then that's the one that they end up working on. And so that's kind of how I do it, which we've said this more than once. And, and it's just been over and over. It's just really successful for me. And uh, especially when uh, it, it works well with with kids who, you know, the, the our last episode, we talked about 504 kids and things like that, kids that have special needs. And I find that this little process really seems to help them as long as I'm willing to take small, short bursts of writing 
Okay. I'm not, I don't give them a time. They go, how long do I have to write? And I go until I say stop. And uh, for the most part, I would say 98% of the time, that is a successful answer. And they go ahead and, you know, and I'll say, okay, let's stop, you know, after a certain amount, I'm keeping an eye on the clock. But the the thing is, is when I, I've noticed that when I was timing them at the beginning, they would be watching the clock. So they would stop and then they would just watch the clock. <laughs> so I, so for me, I just don't set the clock on there. And some people disagree with that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, that that's a bad thing to have a clock, but for me, I, it was, I kept up with my own clock, but I'd say until, until I tell you to stop. You'll write until I say stop, which is usually about two to three, four minutes. Then it gets longer each time. And the next thing you know, they're writing a whole page. I'm writing a whole page and they're going, so oh, look how much I've written. I mean, they just, it's just really amazing, but it builds stamina. And then they just write to write, not necessarily write to a time. Now, I think there's a moment in time where we have to teach them later on how to write within a specific amount of time because they're going to be tested that way at some point in their life. And so I think, you know, working that in, but that's a different type of writing. That's more of a test writing. So that's that comes a little bit later. Anyway, there you go. Well, I think people have gotten a load of ideas of this one. I knew we I were not so. going to be short of things here, ladies. But that's Pamela Chop, Jacob Chastain. We are two educators down in the state of Texas. Do we love talking about reading mm-hmm. on workshop and so much more? If you want some of the, we talked about a lot of videos today that you can go watch right now. If you join us on Patreon, go sign up over there. Go check them out. Uh, pop out if you get your fail stay for a while if you want to keep supporting us we have some more goals we have some more things coming out we have some trainings coming up some more videos some more extra episodes and so much more but if you can't do that subscribe leave a review all those things that let us know that you're supporting us that keep the podcast going come back next week for another episode ladies and gentlemen thank you for our patreon supporters as always and know that we are here for you <laughs>